welcome back to this week's episode of How Is We Manage, where we aim to inspire, bring joy, and teach you ways to better manage yourself. My name is Brittany Schrift, and today, in honor of May being Mental Health Awareness Month, we are going to be digging into one of our universal shared experiences as humans, so something that we all deal with, which is stress. But unlike uh, so many of the articles or podcasts out there that talk about stress, I am not going to spend time focusing too much on why it's bad or how it's harmful. I think we all understand that at this point. But actually, I'm going to look at the other side of the coin, if you will. Um, It sounds wild, but there are actually some positive and even healthy benefits to stress and definitive ways that you can stay in more of an optimal zone that works for you and not against you. Stress is always going to be a part of our lives. It is never going to go away. So I really want to turn the stress conversation from why is this happening to me and how do I prevent stress from ever happening again to more of this happens and what can I do to deal with it so I can still enjoy life. And so with that, I want to just jump right in. So I'm sure for some of you hearing me say a minute ago that having stress is not bad was potentially a little bit surprising. Um, It really goes against every article that uh, we pan at Google when we're stressed to the max, but it is true. There has been an interesting narrative created where when we talk about stress, it's solely around how bad it is. So how it can cause high blood pressure and sleeping issues, and it actually makes you age quicker, and how it can also turn into burnout when it's not dealt with, Um, which, side note, is actually different than stress. Burnout is different than stress. And I did a whole separate podcast episode on that that you can listen to in our episode catalog. Anyways, though, back to the point, people always talk about the negative impacts of stress. Now, while that is technically scientifically true, right? Like I I can't argue against that. That's not the full story. So yes, stress can hurt you. And typically it's when you're sitting in it for a prolonged period of time and you're not managing it. But having spurts of short-term stress is often actually a good thing. It serves as a stimulant that helps us take action in life. So if anyone listening is more of a chronic procrastinator, stress is actually what gets you to get your work done by the due date. So without a healthy level of moderate stress, whether you are still type A and super action oriented, or if you're someone that struggles with actually doing the things that you need to in life, you know, in varying degrees without stress, it would create some level of stagnation for all of us. And if any of you have heard of the Yerkes-Dodson law, it actually illustrates this concept really well. So essentially there is an optimal healthy level of stress that we want to be in, in life. So picture a bell curve. If you are below the middle, so you're to the left of it, you're experiencing none or minimal stress. Um, And so because of that, it's much harder to see change or advancement in your life. On the other hand, when you have too much stress, so looking at the bell curve, you are above the middle or to the right of it, that is also unhealthy. So below and above are what we want to avoid. We're aiming for the middle, that optimum level. And that is why it is a bell curve, because the highest point is the middle, the ideal space for getting a return. Now, that is a very simplified way to explain the tip of the iceberg. That is your Dodson law. Um, Definitely encourage you to Google it if it's something that you'd like to learn more about. 
I'm not a scientist, but hopefully I think you all get the below or above the median is not good. We need that balance and that healthy point in the middle. And when I first learned about that entire concept, the yerkes dodson law, I found it, found it really interesting. And I reflected on my own thoughts around stress or what I was conditioned to believe. It really helped deconstruct the idea that I had of stress in my head. And I'm sure some of you have a very similar view on stress that, that I had as well, that you should avoid it and prevent it at all costs. And that is why when we're in it deep in life, we tend to sit um, and wallow. And if we're being really honest, we get really frustrated with having stress. That why me kicks in. But like I said in the beginning of the episode, stress is never going to go away. That is just life. It has always been a part of life. I, I talk about this in the Navigating Change course that we offer to employees. But back in the day, as K people, we were spending most of every day just trying not to get eaten by an animal. And in today's world, you know, we're not going to get eaten by a lion, but we still experience stress on a regular and even daily basis in small ways and in large. So maybe your car breaks down, you get into a disagreement with your significant other, you got what seems to be an impossible amount of work on your plate. Maybe you have some sort of financial stress. Like I get it. I'm right there with all of you. I have my own things that keep me up at night. But if stress is something that we have to accept as a normal part of life because it can never be completely eradicated or prevented and, and sometimes can even be helpful for us, remember the yerkes dodson law we just talked about, then it's really important to better understand how we can keep it in this optimal zone where it keeps us moving but prevents it from taking a chokehold on our life and, and truly just sucking the joy out of everything. And so. I do have a few suggestions for you that we'll go over, and these are tried and true. Science backs them up, and I think they'll really be able to help you if you truly commit to them, um, and, and you'll really start to see some improvement in the way that stress impacts your life. Before I dig into them, though, there is one thing I want you to keep in mind. While these things can help you get back on track if you're almost falling down that stress rabbit hole, they also, if they're adopted and incorporated into your life on a regular basis, so you're utilizing them even not during times of stress, then they can help mitigate the impact of future stress. So making it a bit easier and tolerable, tolerable rather. That is ideal to be doing this all of the time, not just when you're under massive stress. So, so keep that in mind. So with that, I want to jump into these tried and true effective methods to manage stress and really stay in that great optimal zone. And the first strategy is to find healthy outlets. So I'm starting out here with like the easiest, probably most well understood method out there to manage stress, which is having healthy outlets. These are discussed so frequently because they really do work. They help relieve tension and distract us from what is causing us to have stress in the first place. And there are obviously many, many health, healthy outlets that we can utilize. Of course, the most popular form is always exercise uh, because it can actually serve as a double benefit. So it helps with the stress in the short term by physically relieving pressure. Um, and it also helps build long-term resiliency and protection against potential really negative long-term impacts of stress. 
And then on top of that, you get these amazing endorphins when you're working out that reduce the perception of pain and sends a really positive feeling throughout your body. But you can only see these benefits, though, if you're regularly exercising. Um, if you only do it every so often, it just won't be effective. Our own CEO, Adi herself, has talked many times about the fact that she prioritizes working out and wakes up really early in the morning to get it done before the workday. And besides exercise, um, there are many other healthy outlets that, that you can utilize. It could really be any hobby that you have. So painting or cooking or reading, whatever brings you joy and serves as an escape. Uh, volunteering and even therapy are also good healthy outlets. Uh, but I want to highlight the fact that I keep using the word healthy in conjunction with the word outlets, and that is intentional. If you don't intentionally carve out time for healthy outlets, then as humans, we naturally will default to adopting unhealthy ones. That's just how we are. We will find a way to cope, but not in the right way. So what that can look like is um, taking out your frustration on other people, um, and also, this is, of course, really sad, but it happens more often than you think. It can also look like abusing alcohol and using drugs, things like that. And the long-term effects of those things can really be devastating and create massive damage in your personal and, of course, your professional lives as well. So really work on regularly incorporating healthy outlets and commit to doing them. Our next strategy here is social support. Um, so that means to have strong, reliable, and meaningful support. Your social support network is typically made up of your friends, your family, even your peers and coworkers at work. So having support from people that you trust and care about is really critical during more, more tumultuous times in life, whether you just need an ear to listen or if you're looking for advice or even someone else's perspective on something, they often can talk us down and bring a lot of comfort and kind of bring you back to earth and reinstate some calm and even just peace. And I think we can all agree that in most situations, we always feel better after we talk to someone that we trust and get things off of our chest. And that is why it is so important to constantly cultivate relationships with these people so that during those hard times, you can rely on each other. We have to keep in mind, though, that relationships are kind of like a bank account. So you have to be putting in more than you're taking out or you'll go into the negatives. So if you're only reaching out to people when you need them, that's not really a relationship that's kind of one-sided, it becomes very transactional. So invest the time into continuously growing and cultivating your close relationships because without them, we would feel really isolated and lonely, which would make stress even harder to try to get through. And don't forget that your close relationships can absolutely extend beyond friends and family and our coworkers can actually provide that support as well. Sometimes when, you know, of course it's appropriate and that can look like maybe you've made a close friend on your team or you've got a close friend in a different department. I've personally been at house for almost six years now and have made lifelong friendships from this job and this company, people that I still see on a weekly basis after all this time. Um, we also have what's called ERGs here at House, and that acronym stands for Employee Resource Groups. So these are groups of housers who come together over a common topic or hobby or interest, a cause, things like that. And all of them are great 
Uh, I'm going to link below a list to all the different ERGs that exist, but I wanted to highlight one particular one called Balance at House. So this group is led by Eva, an amazing Hauser. She's just so great. She is in our Sydney office. And uh, the goal of the group that she leads is to prevent employee burnout by helping all Hausers reduce stress and establish a healthy work-life balance. So they have an entire website built out with tons of great resources relating to stress. They have an email group, they launch initiatives, they even have a book club. So if you're looking to connect with other housers specifically around this topic of mental health and stress, really, really encourage you to check out their site that will be linked below and get connected with them. Again, this is another really great way to build social support that we're talking about here at work. All right, so our last strategy that we are going to cover to managing stress, staying in that optimal zone is to create more control. And I left this one for last because I think out of the three, it's the most likely the least obvious or talked about way to handle stress. So during those days and weeks where we feel overwhelmed and almost just weighed down by stressors, you have to make an effort to gain control back. And this is because the reason that we have stress in the first place is almost always rooted in a feeling of a loss of control. Whether you have a lot of work on your plate with an impossible deadline, you have a really sick or ill family member, you're worried about something in the future, it usually all ties back to feeling unable to control what is going on or unable to control the potential outcome of something that you're going through or that you're faced with. And so if we know this feeling brings us so much discomfort, the easiest way to counteract it is to, of course, try to gain some of that control back or at least make you feel like you're gaining back control of the situation. And this will, of course, of course, the different depending upon whatever stressor that you're dealing with. But let's just focus on work things for the sake of this episode. So for work, you can gain control through things like creating boundaries and more structure, more organization, anything that will put you back in the driver's seat and make you feel like you have some plan to deal with whatever is going on. And for all of you listening who are more of my type A people, you are just like me, you probably potentially do this to some degree. Um, by that, I mean creating structure and control is something that you naturally do. So I want you to lean into that and double down, if you will. When you feel that stress, take a step back, breathe, and go, okay, how can I gain more control? What are my normal strategies to create structure that I can lean into? And then for those of you who are not my type A people, maybe you're a bit more of a procrastinator. Uh, maybe you don't prefer to prioritize organization, or maybe you're a bit more laid back and, and kind of just a figure it out in the moment type of person. Then these types of strategies where you're, you're trying to create more control might feel a bit more uncomfortable for you. And that is because it's just not a space that you tend to live in. And so you may really have to force yourself into doing these things, but I promise it helps. So again, if we lean into examples of stressors at work, start creating to-do lists. Utilize your Google Calendar to the maximum amount that you can. Prioritize what needs to get done today versus what can wait until tomorrow. 
utilize even the Pomodoro method and work 50 minutes and then take a 10 minute break and repeat that over and over. That is what I personally do. And I have found that it has really taken my work to the next level. Um, there is just really so many strategies out there to gain more control over your day and even your work that will relieve some pressure. You have to choose to do so and make the effort to change habits that work against it. And, and this even sounds crazy, but even just keeping an organized and clean workspace and room that you're in, it helps with stress. There is a ton of research out there that supports the idea that those who exist in more cluttered spaces and just mess in general, they tend to feel more anxious, helpless, and overwhelmed in life. So whether you're already someone who creates control in your life or someone who struggles with it, when you feel that stress, take a step back and focus in on gaining that control back. So with that, we have reached the end of our time together today. If you remember nothing else, remember that not all stress is bad. In fact, we need some amount of it. And just try to accept that we'll never really be stress-free. And that simple truth shouldn't discourage you, but rather encourage you to embrace it and find ways to manage it. Focus on your healthy outlets through committing to getting exercise and fresh air and making time for your favorite hobbies. Really prioritize your relationships and lean on those people when you need it. And then find ways to gain control in your life. These are really manageable and truly realistic things that you can do. And so I challenge you. The second that this episode is over, don't just turn it off. Go right back to whatever you were doing before. Um, instead, take five minutes and make a plan. Hold yourself accountable and you will see results. And the last thing I'll leave you with is something that I am so grateful my own mom has told me my entire life. And it's often a phrase that I encourage my own friends with. And that is, this too shall pass. So if you are feeling underwater right now at work, in life, whatever it is, let me be the person that tells you this too shall pass. Many things in life that cause us stress are truly, they end up just being temporary. And at some point you will be past it, whatever that looks like. So I hope you feel really empowered after this episode and that you have got this. And so I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Housing Manage. And I look forward to talking to you all next time. For now, have a great week.